What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And good morning, Birds Nation. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. It is a 10 and 1 Tuesday. There's only going to be one 10 and 1 Tuesday because they'll be either 10 and 2 next Tuesday or 11 and 1 by the time we get there. I appreciate you getting in with uh, Mac and Mac here on Birds 365, episode number 670. Wow, we haven't done that in a while. 670. Yeah, 670 right. is a round number, so I figured I'd throw it out there today. Uh, since we are talking numbers, and yes, we will talk some numbers, but there's a lot of storylines leading into this game against the 49ers, uh, including the fact, John, that, yeah, we did the show here yesterday on Birds 365. I had the show last night on WIP in Philadelphia. The fact that the Eagles are Getting to 10 and 1, the way that they're winning football games, 
is a non-typical way. Uh, a lot of things are happening in the games that usually if you put up these quote-unquote numbers, and you can turn your nose up at analytics all you want, but it has a major impact on game. Decisions are made. People, the teams do things because of analytics. So uh, we can try and deny the numbers all we want. There are certain analytics that say, there's no freaking way the Eagles should be 10-1. They, they, they just keep finding ways, different ways to win, despite parts of the game not adding up the way that they usually do in an NFL victory. How do you think the coaches are handling that, John? If we all acknowledge that this is just different, doesn't mean it's it equates to 10 and 1. Anyway, you you add it up, it's 10 and 1. And they, I guess, can continue to do it in this fashion and just continue to win games. Although uh experience and uh, been down this road before would tell you at some point there's probably gonna be a reversal and or a biting in the butt of the Philadelphia Eagles. How did the coaching staff handle that with the players? Do they emphasize it? Do they ignore it? Do they use it? Do they completely not acknowledge it? How does the coaching staff? No, they acknowledge the it. They like the fact that you know it's it's good to make corrections when you win versus when you got to make corrections when you lose. So nobody's unhappy about winning these games, but. And you saw it a little bit with Jalen Hurts at, at the post-game press conference. He was a little conflicted, uh, saying, essentially, we can't keep doing this. Uh, uh, eventually, it's going to bite us in the you-know-what. Um, coaches feel the same way. Um, and, and we bring up last year the Giants would be the most notable example, and look what's happened in Minnesota. Look last night. Look what's happened to them. If you you can't count on the ball bouncing your way right every week, it might you might get a stretch. Um, but again, fifty nine yard field goal might go the other direction, and you're miserable for a week. Uh, so that's how razor thin Marquez Valdez Scantling catch the football, and you're miserable for a week. And you're talking about they can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs no matter what they do. Um, that's how close it's been. And they know that. And and they know they haven't played their best football. They constantly uh, bring that up. But it's pretty good when you haven't played your best football in your 10 and 1. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good. But they are very aware that they have been living on that razor's edge. And that can't continue because the ball will bounce the other way eventually. And you don't want it bouncing the other way eventually in the playoffs. You want to be playing your best football at that point. Uh, but luckily they have some time to uh, uh, fix some things. And, um, you know, it's hard to bet against them, as I always say, uh, at this stage. But they, they have a lot of talent. The difference between them and teams that – for lack of a better word, get a little bit lucky like the Giants last season. Um, they have more talent. So there's, you know, there's there's more room to to adjust and correct things. And I'm sure that the, the coaching staff is going to do just that this week in preparation for the 49ers game. One of the things we'll find out during the course of the week today, will they put out their first injury estimate today? Yes. Uh, 
Yes, this afternoon. Uh, uh, no, sorry. Today's Tuesday. Forget what day. Uh, that's tomorrow. Uh, today's coordinator day. Tomorrow they get back to a walkthrough on the practice field. That will be the first uh, uh, estimated injury reports of the week. And there are some significant things that we need to find out. Some we may not find out till Sunday morning, uh, day of game. Um, the Eagles did sustain a couple of injuries. The biggest one was leading into the game when we found out Lane Johnson was going to go. Um, at least what I've heard, please give me what you've heard, that this was the type of injury that he had a slight tear, um, but something that could absolutely heal. And that uh, they would believe that as of now and again, it can change between now shoot a practice all week, right? And then all of a sudden on Sunday, yeah, Lane Johnson can't go. So uh, I'm not going to make any definitive statements here. But what I have seen is it's the type of injury that if he gets off it for a good couple of days, doesn't do anything, they can heal up pretty quickly. What's your belief giving you as much latitude as uh, you need to be able to change between now and Sunday. What do you think Lane Johnson's status is going to Yeah, be? I think he's truly day-to-day. Um, we know those designations, they kind of started with uh, Doug Peterson. When they use day-to-day, there's a chance that he could play. When they use week-to-week, that's an indication it's going to be a multiple-week injury. And the Eagles have kind of continued down that road. Uh, basically, it's scar tissue that was uh, broken down is what I was told. So, um, yeah, he's not expected to be out long term. You know, everything factors in. Teams don't like to admit this. Um, you know, if they lost against the Bills, I tell you, yeah, he's playing. Uh, now that they beat the Bills and they have a little room, they might try to get through one more game uh, and try to give them a little bit more of a break. But I truly do think it's – it's day to day. And and plus, um, Jack played well. Jack Driscoll played well. Um, and he did. I, I watched the game again. He he the first play was the worst play he had. Uh, and then he kind of settled down uh and was really kind of solid. And the last time he had to play was against your Jets, and he was not solid. Yeah, that's good. Man. Uh he was he was really poor. Um and if he played like that again, that that would factor into it. But he but he really played a pretty solid game, especially in in pass protection, which you uh, I would expect a little bit the other direction, maybe a little bit better of a run blocker. But he was really good. And I'm just pulling it up as I take uh, PFF had him as their best pass protector in the game. Wow. Um. So he was he was solid, and I think that factors into it as well. That. You know, maybe um, that Jets game was an anomaly. And the Jets, as you know, have a really talented front to begin with. And speed up um, front, yep. Or so to San Francisco. So um, all of that factors into it. But I, he's truly day-to-day. There is a chance he can play. And speaking of a chance that he can play, and it being a bit of a surprise, a uh, report last night, James Palmer from the NFL Network, NFL.com, said that Zach Goddard is pushing to play this week against San Francisco. When he got hurt and he fractured his arm uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the speculation was pretty strong that, well, they'll put him on IR. So he's going to miss the next four games because the injury that he suffered, as it was generally described, was a four- to six-week injury. 
or a six to eight week injury, depending on the severity of the break. Dallas Goddard's going to come back in just over two weeks. He's trying to be back and miss only two yeah. games. That's well, I'm sure he optimistic. Yeah, Dallas is another one of those guys. You go back to last season, he was back in the locker room about weeks two or three from the shoulder surgery, talking to us all the time. Certainly looked, certainly animated. Yeah, he'll be ready to go right after the four games uh, he was placed on IR last year. Um, certainly looked healthy, certainly indicated he was ready to go, and they held him out for a fifth game. Uh, th- those guys always want to play for the most part, and it's not their decision. Um, I I would be stunned if he's back that quickly, um, but – I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how bad the the, the fracture was. I don't, um, as you mentioned, I had heard the same timetables four to six weeks uh, originally. And if that's the case, then yeah, he could say it all he wants. Sidney Brown said it earlier this season. He was ready to go. Well, not according to the doctors. So they, they have the final say. All right, Daddy only wants to count. But I'll, I'll just say this, and you've done a pretty good uh, job of painting a picture of Goddard Forrest that he's a, just a gung-ho kind of guy who, who, who will risk life and limb to get back out there on the field. Uh, I didn't see the X-ray, the MRI of his arm. If it's a bone in the middle of his, his arm, you can club that thing up. We saw Hassan Reddick playing with a lethal weapon on its hand earlier this year, right? There, there are certain areas that you can put a significant cast on. Now, if you're a tight end, you would think that your arm, you need more flexibility, but Dallas Goddard also takes much pride in his ability to block and uh, using a club there to help on those running plays that he's actually asked to block might not be the worst thing. Um, if it's just a matter of playing in pain, then I think there's a good chance Goddard plays. If they can uh, cast that thing up so as to uh, cut down on the possibility of re-injury, refracturing, uh, I guess there is a chance that Dallas Goddard could play this week. Yeah, they could certainly use him. Uh, uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, they've been trying to get through this uh, sort of absence a little bit differently than last year, playing a lot of four receivers, even playing some two running back sets instead of just throwing out Jack Stoll. And, you know, part of that is Grant Calcaterra is not available as well. Uh, he, he was in a walking boot last week with an ankle injury. Um, Albert Akwegbanan, everybody was excited about him, but um, hasn't manifested itself to this degree. Um, I think he played nine snaps against Buffalo, so – not significant. Noah Tungiai played a few snaps. He's back again. Um, yeah, I mean, they could use him. No question about that. And the other key injury, and I think I called Goddard Zach a couple of guys on the uh, stream immediately correcting me. Conflating uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, that no, happened. I wasn't even. You know who, who I was conflating? Zach Cunningham and All Dallas right. Goddard, because that's go. the next guy I was going to ask about the hamstring that uh, Cunningham injured in the game. Uh, I thought that that would quickly increase the pursuit of Shaq uh, Leonard for the Eagles. 
as in I thought there could have been an announcement yesterday. There wasn't. Don't know if there'll be one today. There, there's reports out there that Leonard will be in Dallas today to work out for the Dallas Cowboys, who could also yeah. use a little bit of an upgraded linebacker. We did touch on it on the show yesterday. I threw it out as a hypothetical for one of our two guests. Uh, if the bidding got up pretty damn quickly and the Eagles wanted him, needed him, would they be willing to pay the amount that he was supposed to make if he had just been claimed off of waivers? Uh, the Eagles chose not to claim him. No one in the National League chose to claim him. But when you got leverage, sometimes you can use that and uh, add to your payday. Well, the Cowboys are certainly, if the report is accurate, that the Cowboys are bringing him for a workout. Oh, they're interested, which means if the Eagles really want him, if Cunningham's going to be missing time, not going to be good to go this week, it increases the value for Shaq Leonard, does it not? Uh, a little bit, but yeah, we, when we were talking, I think you went a little bit too high, but we'll see how Dallas, uh, uh, handles things. And if they, you know, generally when you get somebody in the building and you really want them, you try to make sure, uh, they don't leave the building. And if they get them in that building, uh, <laughs> the Cowboys facility is pretty stinking impressive. So, um, we'll, we'll see how things shake out today. I would say, and I don't, I, I don't want to talk about that Monday night game because it was an abomination. And I'll, I'll just say two things about it. Um, one, Tom Brady and I were right. The product of NFL is at a historic low. And two, TJ Edwards is a hell of a football player. He is a hell of a football player. And he's better than. Tremaine Edmonds, who they gave a hundred and I don't know how much money they gave him. They, they back up the Brinkstra. He's their best linebacker. He was making plays all over the field. Jerry. Now, granted, I tapped out to watch CM Punk very early. Cause that was, again, I wanted to poke my eyes out. Um, but he is a heck of a football player. And I still cannot believe that the Eagles didn't take more pride in uncovering that, developing that, and and because he got six and a half million dollars, which is a little bit a way, a little bit too much for what the Eagles want to put into that position. I get it; they're very disciplined, very financially disciplined. Chicago's not, yada yada yada. I get all that stuff, but man, you could use T.J. Edwards. I just wanted to throw him out because he is he is having a tremendous year for a bad football team. And that tells you a lot. Yeah. I watched a little of that game, but I watched more Sixers beat down by 40 points of the LA Lakers than Monday night raw and or Monday night football to be truth with you. Uh, yeah. I did say, I see Edwards make a bunch of plays. I guess Cinderella turned back into a pumpkin for Josh Dobbs. Huh? Well, wasn't he the darling of the NFL? Yeah, I'm, for a I'm, couple I'm, of weeks because- it, well, you know what? And I'm surprised more people aren't putting this two and two together. Um, and I'm, now I'm going way too much into this game that I wanted to. You know, he came in there and he was better left to his own devices because he was rot- relying on his athleticism and his just his athletic gifts. And now they got him under center like he's Kirk Cousins playing play action, and he's awful. That's terrible coaching. There's no There's no read option. There's no design running plays. That's what he does. That's what he does. Well, um, 
They got him lining up like he's Kirk Cousins. Guess what he doesn't do well, Jody? Throw the football like Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah, uh, that is a perfect example of poor coaching. And I, it, it, by no means am I trying to say Josh Dobbs is a good player because he's not a good player. But you, you, you try to accentuate the strengths of a particular player. I think they had one design run. I looked at the bot. That 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 they they got him. They want him to be, you know, one of the best throwers of the football in the end. You don't change your offense. That's bad. So he would, you know, when when a player is better day one, he steps in the building, and after you get him for a month and get him to coach, that's a bad sign, Jody. Isn't that one of the bright young geniuses of the that, That's why I hey look. All these coaches, they know a hell of a lot. I, I don't have that type of ego, and some people do in my industry, that think that they know better than coaches um, because I don't. And they've all forgotten more football than I know. But when something's that glaring, um, it does stand out. And the fact that he was better the day he stepped into that building than he is a month later, they're using him wrong. He lines up under center. How many times you see Jalen Hurts line up under center? Je- Nick Sirianni wanted to run Philip Rivers. He started. If you go back to the 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 ugly two and five start, Jalen was throwing it too much. They were putting too much on his plate. He scaled back. He talked to Matt Campbell about the RPO game at the college level. He talked to Brian Johnson about the RPO level. He remade the offense. That's coaching. Accentuate the strengths of your players. The and exact opposite happened last and night. Again, one last comment on last night's game because it really doesn't deserve as much commenting. It was kind of a tough watch for when I was tuned to it. Uh, the, the Minnesota offense may be very questionable. Their defense is still pretty damn good. You and I are both Flores fans. That kid, Metellus, was everywhere yeah, in the field. Player. As good as Edwards player. was, Metellus was better on the other side, forcing fumbles, coming up, stopping. Yeah, by the way, you remember when we had play. Ben Lieber on? I said, I asked Ben about Josh Metellus. I said, that guy can play, man. Yeah. Yeah. He was he's a, good, uh, he's a good player. But a, then again, even with Brian Flores, and we got to get to Ed, and I'm talking too much. I love Brian Flores, as you know. He plays the whole game one way, and then they got to stop Chicago at the end of the game, and he plays three-man coverage and lets Justin Fields run around. I don't get it. I don't get these guys. I don't get it. And he's a great he's a great coach. He's a great coach. Fields, who had been pretty pure. Well, we 12 for 12 to start the game. It was it was all bubble peak, screens. Peak, it was all and, behind the line of scrimmage. Peak and valley game for uh, Fields. He, he just threw a laser 38-yard pass down the field to get him in the field goal range. He hadn't done diddly for two quarters, and then all of a sudden he can't makes let, a great play. Can't let a guy like that run around and take time because he does have good arm. And he did it the whole game, and he made the kid look terrible. And then when the game's on the line, he's three-man rush, zone coverage. It's bizarre. As I said on WIP last night, if you determine a game to be a good game because it's decided in the 59th minute, then last night's Bears-Viking game was a good game. Yeah, not really. If you determine it by it was a good game, and it was exciting throughout, oh, then you get the uh, Eagles version of Bills, two very different games that basically were decided the same at the very last second. All right, no more last seconds. We move on.
I see him in our waiting room. He is an actual individual, not artificial intelligence. Ed Kratz of Sports Illustrated joins us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back here on Birds 365. We are joined by John's cohort from Sports Illustrated, Ed Kratz. We're real people. We are real people. Do do me a favor. Just pinch your arm, Ed, and prove to everyone that you're a real person. Yeah, if if you cut him, he will bleed. He is Ed Kratz. Eddie, uh, John and I even haven't haven't had to talk about this. It happened last, uh, excuse me, yesterday on the show. Late in the show, as a matter of fact. Frank Reich was fired by the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they were one in ten. 
I think there's some internal stuff there between he and the owner and the quarterback who was picked with the number one pick in the draft. I don't know that for a fact, but people have told me that uh, that there was a specific way the draft came down last year. Seemed doomed to failure, and sure enough, it did. If the Eagles wanted, when I say the Eagles, there's one specific person I'm thinking about, uh, that would be the head coach, uh, wanted to add Fred uh, Frank Reich to the team as an advisor and consultant, a sig- consigliere, call him what you want, give him a title. Um, give me the upside and give me the downside to Frank Reich jumping in midstream to an Eagle team as an advisor. Yeah, and a downside, I'm not sure what a downside would be. Uh, you know, Frank's a good guy. I mean, he would certainly uh, fit right in to the culture of, of what the Eagles have built. Um you know, we see the Eagles add coaches late in the past, especially Sirianni, right? He brought in uh, the, the D.C. Uh, down in Miami. Mick, Mick Bangio. Mick Bangio yeah. brought him in, you know, late, obviously. Uh, and Really late. <laughs> Super, <laughs> yeah, Bowl late. Super Bowl late. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Nick and Frank are really good friends. And, you know, I could see them maybe offering him to come in and be an offensive consultant of some kind, just an extra set of eyes and ears and um, just to keep his hand in the game. Would Frank take it? I I don't know. I mean, Tepper, the owner in Carolina still owes him, I think 30 or $40 million. It's not like he, he would need the money. And and by the way, what a terrible owner Tepper is. I don't think he's awful. Eagles fans realize, you know, Jeffrey Lurie is a really good owner. um, Clearly when you look around the league at some of these owners, um, but, you know, I don't see too much of a downside. I don't think he would, you know, upset the apple cart, if you will, by coming in here. Uh, I think he would only be here to help. And how much he would help, I, I don't know. I don't – at this stage of the game, I think he would just, you know, maybe give some gentle advice if need be. Uh, just another uh, person to bounce ideas off of. Uh, I, I don't see any downside to it at all. And yeah, see, you, you and I see this the same, Matt. Here's the reason why I asked the question, because I did get the feedback – both on social media and on my WIP show last night. Don't rock the boat. Things are great. The quarterback is on this great page with his offense coordinators. That go, you don't need another voice in there. He could disrupt the flow that the Eagles had. Well, a lot of people want the offensive coordinator fired by my mentions. Those knuckleheads. But uh, That's not, and by not the way, good. by the way, they won't have to wait long. Already the lists are coming out. Brian's on every stinking list there is. Uh, Brian Johnson's going to get a lot of head coaching interviews. But this, I'll say this about Frank Reich. Ed brings up a good point. Tepper owes him so much money. So that factors into it. But he's a consultant anyway. He's Nick's mentor. He calls him up. It doesn't matter if it's official or not. If he wants to bounce something off Frank Reich, Frank Reich, he's going to bounce it off Frank Reich. He's always going to be there for him. So whether it's official or not, he's going to be helping the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he doesn't need the money. They certainly could bring bring him in as an unpaid consultant. And if they do, I'm not even sure we would know until no. you know, maybe during a we, press conference. Yeah. And they would, oh, there goes Frank. Like exactly. He did exactly. No, um, and he's not going to be in the building, but he's on right. speed dial. Nick's got one of these things. He, he uses them anyway. Yeah, you know, does Frank have season. one of these things? Does Frank have one of yeah, these maybe, things? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe he doesn't. Uh, but he's talking about Frank all the time. He bounces yeah. stuff off Frank. It's, it's not going to change. He's going to have more time. So he's going to continue to bounce stuff off Frank. I don't think it's going to be a big deal either way. Um, but I get why people are excited about it. 
Now, those who are speculating down the road if Brian Johnson does leave for a head coaching job where he gets fired, which isn't happening, um, for those goofballs, um, then would Frank come back as an offensive coordinator? That's where Ed's point comes to fruition. No, absolutely not. Uh, he's making too much money. Um, and and the second part is, you know, he's been a head coach. And the third part is Kevin Petulo's next in line. So Nick has that set up. Um, and it's going to be Kevin Petulo next. So will Frank Reich help the Eagles, though? Yes, Frank Reich will help the Eagles because Frank Reich will do anything to help Nick Sirianni. Now, acknowledge that this is not me talking. This is me relaying things that I have been uh, said, had said to me. Frank Reich, woefully overrated. His contribution to the Super Bowl has been denied because he went to the Colts and they didn't win diddly, and he went to the Panthers and they stink at 1-10. and So why are we living in the past and giving Frank Reich credit for something he did five years ago that uh, the the most recent past says he couldn't do again if uh, he had a light to be able to shine it into the dark? Well, I I would disagree that he, you know, it's overrated. I know him and Doug Peterson had a really good relationship and they worked well together. And, you know, they they would meet, you know, the, the night before a game, him and Frank, and just kind of fine tooth comb the game plan and go over the script, the first 15 plays, you know, and go over the entire game plan together. And they would try to fine tune it and tweak it and look for weaknesses and, uh, the two of them would, would talk the day before a game about that. They were the last two to really massage the game plan for the offense going into the next day's game. Um, and, you know, I, he's the one who, you know, when Nick Foles had to step in, you know, they kind of went through and broke down all the tape and looked at what Nick did well in previous years and kind of implemented that into the and game. don't forget Flip. Flip was a big part of that. Flip, John Flip helped, but yeah, Frank was, you know, Frank was in charge of that whole operation. And uh, I don't think he was overrated at all. Now, listen, that they had a great relationship, him and Doug. I mean, could Doug bring him into Jacksonville? Maybe he goes to Jacksonville. Uh, everybody talks about, you know, him and Nick's relationship, but him and Doug have a very good relationship as well. Um, listen, why don't we just bring them all in? Why don't we bring Deuce Staley in, who was fired? Yeah. Why, Deuce, don't, we bring, yeah. why don't we bring in Josh McCown? And, you know, let's, Get the whole band back together here. They need more assistant coaches. I yeah, think they only have 50 in. right now. So yeah. uh, maybe you can get one assistant for each player. Maybe you get to that <laughs> level. Jeffrey Lurie might do it. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, we're talking about good owners. But yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ed. It's it's overblown consultancy. Vic was overblown last year. Um, if Frank... Again, he'll pick up the phone if he's got a question, if he wants to bounce something off somebody. Um, so he'll help the Eagles. I mean, they have, boy, I forget the Houston Texans old special teams coordinator. He's been helping all year. Nobody knows. Um, and they've been uh, uh, very good on special teams this year compared to last year. So maybe that's helped. Maybe it hasn't. How did how did Sirianni leave him out of the, the extended thank you he gave you to Michael Clay yesterday? Uh, it because sounds to me like Michael knows. Clay's the guy who's going to be getting a gig this offseason as a head coach, the way that Doug was sing- uh, Doug. Nick was ser- singing his praises yesterday. Because he's not officially uh, a consultant. Uh, no, no. I'm. Oh, okay. That's why he didn't talk about yeah. the other guy. Right. It's Brad Seeley, by the way. 
Um, yeah, he I I saw him at training camp and he never left. Um, and he helps out. Um, but he's not officially a part of things. So, you know, there's all these little relationships. And I think I think he gave Michael Clay credit because Michael Clay is the the leader of the group and they've gotten better. And but I don't know how much Brad Celius helped. Maybe he's helped a little, maybe he's helped a lot. I, I can't tell you. And, um, you know, they were talking to Vic Fangio. We had that whole discussion, Jody. It's like I said all year, for some reason, that weird, there was one report because Vic Fangio was at training camp. We all got pictures of him. And then there was this one story that Vic Fangio is a consultant for the Eagles. And I kept saying all year, it just took off like wildfire because I asked a bunch of times. It's Vic a no, he's not. He's not. He's not. But they developed a relationship. Jonathan Gannon would call him up and talk about golf and some football, I assume, um, and bounce things off him. And then finally, before the Super Bowl, as Ed mentioned, it finally got confirmed he wasn't a consultant because he became a consultant officially leading up to the Super Bowl. And by the way, was helping the offense, not the defense. But either way, they didn't win the Super Bowl. So all this stuff is a little bit over. One last thing on this, and then I promise we'll move on, Ed. Um, Remember that we all went nuts for a week or two because the Eagles were considering hiring Matt Patricia? What the hell are they doing with Matt Patricia? How could they bring in Matt Patricia? What are they thinking about Matt Patricia? And guess what? They hired Matt Patricia. And guess what? He's been here all year. And guess what? We haven't brought up his name in six weeks. We don't even acknowledge his existence. But somehow that was going to bring Eagle Nation down, the hiring of Matt Patricia. So, yeah, we yeah. get caught up on yeah. this all Ed and I were just talking about Matt because I just said I saw Matt in Los Angeles with a giant binder going from the uh, press box down to the field. But noticeably absent was the pencil behind the ear. So, you know, maybe. Well, I didn't notice because I was I was enthralled by the size of the body. Oh, you would have noticed that. You yeah. would have saw the pencil. That's He's a prominent feature. Changed his ways. All right, uh, Kratz, I did this with a guest we had yesterday. Johnny Mac poo-pooed it. Um, let's say that Zach Cunningham's hamstring is screwed. And he's not playing this week. And he doesn't look like he's playing next week against the Cowboys. And oh, by the way, he's sitting out there, Jack Leonard, waiting to be picked up. And the Cowboys are having him in for a visit today. And his agent calls Howie Roseman and says, you know, we're evaluating a lot of things on where Shaq wants to go. And certainly winning a Super Bowl ring is part of that. And between you, me, and a wall, we think the Eagles have the best chance. So that would be his preference. So here's the number the Cowboys are offering. You have to match it, and he'll come play for the Eagles. He, he prefers the Eagles to Dallas, but, yeah, he wants to get paid, too, and have a, his skills acknowledged. So here's the number, the number that he would have made if he had not been released, which, as of last week, was $6 million from now to the end of the season. He misses another week. So now it's slightly less than that, five and change, somewhere thereabouts. If you're Howie Roseman, you go, yeah, I got to have Shaq Leonard. I'm <laughs> Christian Ellis. Uh, really, am I going to be playing him 100% of the snaps this week against San Francisco? Yeah, I got to suck this up, but I got to pay. Might not want to. Well, no, the Eagles don't usually put that kind of a emphasis on the linebacker position, but these are kind of two important weeks, and you'd rather have them with you than with the opposition. 
Will Larry Roseman upgrade his willingness to pay a linebacker in this very specialized, needy situation? Well, you know, I think it's kind of desperate times at linebacker if Zach Cunningham can't play. And, you know, desperate times, desperate measures. So, yeah, you you probably have to meet whatever it is that Shaq wants. Um, Will Howard have to cut somebody for that number. They don't even have that much space. Oh, come on. That Howie Dwozman does that better than anybody on the planet. Yeah. He rearranges money, puts money forward. Well, he, he, do the contract he's, not, thing. he's, not, he's the he, best. He's not paying $5 million for where, where are we at? Uh, six games. He's not doing it. And, I mean, and maybe playoffs. It. I mean, and maybe, I mean, it depends on the Kobe Dean too. I mean, how many games, how long has he been out now with this list, Frank? Two yeah. games, three weeks, probably with that buy. Funny how quickly the uh, Kobe has receded into the background. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you got to factor that in. Like, is he going to, I'll be tell you what, after watching TJ Edwards last night, how he's probably going to win executive of the year again. And if he doesn't, it's because they're sick of giving him the award, a Michael Jordan kind of effect. Um, but boy, they made a mistake not signing TJ Edwards. Well, yeah, again, I mean, listen, TJ wanted to go home and he probably would have stayed yeah. here for more money. But again, the Eagles aren't going to go above what they want to give to a line. That's my point. They wouldn't right. give TJ six and a half million for a full season. But now they're, they're not giving a wash now, now or five million. You're now playing games. the desperation of the situation. Yeah, it's a desperate. I mean, you can't run. I'm sorry, Christian Ellis is a nice kid, good special teams player, but he's just not a hundred. I agree with that. I agree with that. Liability. On I agree with. I, I I'm so not. You saying. can't run in if, if if it comes to it. If and this was what I've been saying this for weeks. If the Eagles lose Morrow or Cunningham, they're they're in a bad situation because they've got nothing. Behind them, Ben Van Sumeren. Well, and that's why out of elevations from the practice squad, he you can't even bring him up unless you yeah, add I him. Don't, I don't think roster. you want to, but I, 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 I would look. I'm not disputing that fact. I agree with you 100. percent They are if Zach is going to be out for a significant time, they got to do something. They brought in Anthony Barr a couple weeks ago to work out, and he resigned with Minnesota. And, and look um, at Miles Jack. Miles Jack retired, and clearly yeah, there was something that kept him from wanting to play. Well, he knew he was going to get cut. It, I, 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 he just saw the writing on the wall. I maybe. think that was any, you know, that was an effort to save face. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they should move forward with just Christian Ellis. I'm saying this is not the all-pro Shaq Leonard. The, the guy was not playing well. Uh, in Indianapolis, and they're not paying good linebackers. They're not. They're not going to. They're too smart to pay a washed linebacker. Um, so so how he's going to be okay bringing Christian Ellis out there? Okay, no, he'll I mean, find somebody. You know, it, it might be that. somebody else in four days. Well, Anthony Barr was out there. I have to look in the break. I don't know who's out there. There's all these veterans. Think- do you think they would go to the practice squad of the Steelers and take Miles Jack, knowing okay, if that's yeah, the reason he didn't want to that's stay good, here, I, you know, pick somebody's practice squad. He's he, uh, he was here uh, for a couple weeks in the summer. He kind of knows what's going on, I guess. The Miami uh, Dolphins uh, just lost Jalen Phillips on that crappy turf in MetLife Stadium, and yep. they just signed Jason Pierre-Paul off. Uh, I think it was Baltimore's practice squad. Yeah, um, they're yeah. There's a lot of ways they can go. You know, listen, hopefully Cunningham can play if you're the Eagles because 
you know, and if he can play, is he going to be a hundred percent? Is he going to be limping off after, you know, a handful of snaps? I mean, uh, those hamstrings can be tricky. You know, Fletcher Cox has one too, you know, that that's a big loss. If you lose, yeah. Fletcher. you'll probably get Milton Williams back from concussion. Uh, but still losing Cox, you know, they played one game without Fletcher this year already and they won, but you know, that's a big loss too. But yeah, that linebacker spot. And, to me. and by the way, if Shaq Leonard wants to play at a more reasonable price, and that's the reason why, you know, nobody picked him up on waivers and, and wants to chase a ring and, and decides Philadelphia's closer than Dallas, which he should, then yeah, they'll bring him in. But I'm just saying if it gets to be a, 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 a battle and, and, and Jerry Jones says, and by, by the way, I don't even think Dallas will do that. I don't think Dallas is going to overexpose and, and pay Shaq Leonard a ton of money, but if it happens, yeah, I think Howie would bow out. I think he's not getting in a, a bidding process is what I'm saying. Not that he can't be here. He might decide he wants to be here because yeah. this team's closer to the Super Bowl, and that would be the best case scenario the Eagles, but they definitely have to do something at linebacker if Zach Cunningham's going to be out. No, no question about that. Absolutely. No you know, and they only but have there's, but there's a feeling to it. How he won't go all in is what you say. He will prioritize the overall team structure of paying linebackers to actually upgrading the position. Well, that's um yes, and and the context of that is he, he he's not overpaying for great linebackers so just because you know Shaq Leonard's a big name trap that's what he is he's I, I mean talk like about Kevin Byard yeah a little bit like Kevin Byard okay. but I think Kevin's got more in the tank Kevin's no longer an all-pro safety but he'll always be dubbed an all-pro safety Shaq Leonard's like not Shaq Leonard Shaq Leonard's not an all-pro linebacker anymore no, he's not but Kevin Byard was playing better at his position this season then Shaq Leonard was playing at his position this season. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. And and he's no longer an all pro safety, but I think you've seen Kevin Byers help the Eagles uh, to this point. Um, I think Shaq Leonard would help the Eagles quite, quite more than maybe what you think. I really think he would, and he doesn't have to come in here and be Superman. He just has to come in here and play solid like Byard has. And you know, I mean, I think Leonard can do that. I mean, he's. And by the way, Nick Nick might be the uh, Nick's got a good relationship with him. That's another part. And you got all these indie guys here um, that he knows. Maybe that gets him over the hump and says, yeah. "You know what? I'm comfortable. I know Nick Sirianni. I know Kevin Petulo. I know these guys. Um, that yeah, might help the it, Eagles it, as well." Here's the difference between what's how do you describe it why can't i never remember this john the mercenary market uh that the eagles took advantage of last year um nobody brought in dom sue in for a workout the week before the eagles signed him nobody brought uh any of these guys that the eagles brought it they were all just sitting there and they were just waiting on somebody to make them a quasi reasonable offer jack leonard's got interest the cowboys are bringing him in for a visit today that affects the amount of money that the player could ask for if he's on the open market. If you've got a couple of teams both making a play. Well, that's my time. point. It's not just, well, who's the best team? Who's got the best chance to win the Super Bowl? Okay, I got to go there. That's that's not the situation we're in with Leonard right now. I, I And by the way, Adam Schefter, as we're speaking, just tweeted he's 
He's set, scheduled to visit with the Eagles later this week. So we'll see. I'd be, I'd, I would be surprised if Dallas and Jerry Jones. Oh, that's I what I said. Dallas, Dallas wants him. Dallas, <laughs> but I'd be surprised if Jerry Jones lets him walk because he knows that the Eagles are, you know, up against the wall with their linebackers. He's not going to. Oh, so was he. He lost Leighton Vander So that's yeah. the reason he's doing yeah, but it. Now that he's got but, two reasons, two very good reasons to sign him and keep him in that building. Here's the deal with, with Shaq Leonard. First of all, as I said, and I've been at that facility, if they want him, uh, they're going to have to overpay him because he's probably more comfortable with Philadelphia. He's probably um, uh, more, you know, he has more relationships with the coaching staff, with Nick and and company. Uh, The Eagles are probably closer, and he knows that, to winning a Super Bowl uh, from the ring-chasing perspective. So Jerry's going to have to be baked in to overpay him. And yeah, he's not going to let him out of the building. If he agrees to it, if he just wants to win a Super Bowl, he's probably going to be here. That's how I think it's going to work out. But how he's not going to go, oh, I'm going to pay Shaq Leonard more money than Jerry Jones. And that's how it gets done. If he's here, it's because he wants to win a Super Bowl. He's comfortable with the Eagles and he thinks they're closer. And they'll get a very reasonable deal done i'm very comfortable with that prediction yeah, yeah. i think if Howie wants to win a super bowl he's going to pay and i learned long ago not to worry about money when it comes to the eagles and howie roseman i mean they're taking a 58 million dollar dead cap hit this year i mean Howie doesn't care about the money and you're only paying him for six games well, it's not his money i'm not it's saying right. he cares about the money yeah, six games sure give him a million dollars a game well i don't care we'll figure it out at the end of the season when they win the super bowl or if they get to the super bowl and because again just my is there opinion, any way you can go back in time to get tj edwards and, yeah that can't happen john you gotta let that one go um, <laughs> here's i'm not letting it go from the fact of it's an example of he won't even pay a guy he found and developed at that position. And it should take pride in. And that was should in take March. pride in. We are in November, almost December, he and they got nothing at linebacker. If he Cunningham doesn't pay linebackers. Right. There's no value in it. No value. That's why uh, Ben Van Sumeren's going to get snaps for the Eagles this Oof. week because well, Howie, Howie Roseman and John McMullen concur. There's no value in paying linebackers, yeah, except, right. ex- except John would have paid T.J. Edwards. He he buys into the overall ego logic, except for T.J. Edwards. That's his that's his white whale. He puts him off to the side. And, uh, Good luck. I, I, I think you're miss uh, uh, you're yeah. miss uh, uh, <laughs> misstating my my. I'm giving you the Eagles thought process. And I'm giving you my thought process. Jody, you know, of all people, I said from day one, um, they should bring TJ back. But that's not the point. The point is the Eagles don't believe in it. Um, and they right, so then, then let me put it this way, because you, you're right, John. I do this from time to time. When you're making a point and I don't pick up on the fact that you're just stating what you believe the Eagles are going to do. I'm asking John McMullen, not Ed Kratz, not Howie Roseman, John McMullen. If you were the coach of the, if you were the the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles and you had a chance to get Shaq Leonard, you had to pay him more than the veteran minimum that the whole come to us because we are the best chance for you to get a ring argument that Shaq Leonard's agent says, no, we set the the price for Shaq. He was going to make what he was going to make if they hadn't cut him. That's what we need here. 
John McMullen, you'd say thank you, no. Go ahead and sign with the Cowboys. No. First of all, they gave Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue more than a veteran minimum. That's the contract they will give them. Um, and that's to get prorated, obviously, over the final weeks of the season. That's what they will be comfortable with. And if Shaq Leonard wants that contract and wants to come to Philadelphia, he'll be here. All I'm saying is, and that's the hypothetical that was thrown out yesterday, $5 million because of what he was making right. with Indianapolis. He, he didn't get picked up on waivers by anybody, not just the Eagles, for a reason. He's not that player. He had a huge contract. Nobody's paying him that. I don't think the Cowboys are paying him that. And I'm on every day. If the Cowboys paying that and I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. I don't think the Cowboys are that dumb. I think, In fact, I think the Cowboys, unfortunately for the Eagles, I think they're a smart organization as well, uh, Eagles fans, uh, and people don't like to hear that. I think they're pretty smart as well. I don't think it's getting to that point. I think he will decide based on who he thinks is closer and what he's more comfortable with. And honestly, from that perspective, if he gets out of Dallas today, I think he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. Okay. But Ed made one outstanding point. Shame on me for not making it yesterday. It's not just six games. It's six games in the playoffs. Uh, the, the Carolina Panthers aren't signing Shaq Leonard today. I can guarantee you that because their season is ended after 17 games. The Philadelphia Eagles and Dallas Cowboys both are planning on playing games past week 17. So, and you don't get paid for the playoffs. You, you you get their services basically for free in the playoff in the playoffs. You get paid for the regular season, and then you got to play, play the playoffs gratis. So keep that factor in mind when you say they're not paying them that, because if you're talking about playoff teams, and these are two playoff teams that, oh by the way, are going to play each other in ten games, there's added value there for Shaq Leonard, and his agent I think will play it to the hilt, and he's going to get him paid a lot more than. And Dominic Kinsu uh, and or Linval Joseph got prorated last year. I'll, I'll I'll take that stance right now that Leonard's going to get a better payday than the Eagles did for the two mercenary guys who didn't have any other teams calling at the time that they ended up uh, signing there. All right, this was the first question I asked John today. I got to get your take on it. Eagles are living on an edge, to quote our friends from northern jersey uh, bon jovi uh doing things winning ways that you don't usually do in the nfl giving up 500 total yards to the opposition and finding a way to win the game they're doing it a little differently than anybody's done it before how does the coaching staff play into that this week how do the eagles coaches staff play into the what they're doing here with uh slow starts and giving up five? <laughs> i don't know it's a lot to tackle isn't it i mean it feels like a lot to tackle um Gosh, the, there's two sides to it uh, with the Eagles, their offense. I mean, I, I think you guys were talking about Brian Johnson a little bit before I came on. And, uh, you know, they've got to figure out a way. I mean, the way they started the game and three throwaway passes, uh, just completely ignoring the run when they start these games. I mean, I think it's been three out of the last four games now that the Eagles have gone three and out on their first possession. You know, that, that needs to change. I mean, that was a – a better stat last year under Shane Steichen than it has been this year. Um, you know, you got to get DeAndre Swift more involved, in my opinion, early on. You can't wait till the third quarter to hand them the ball for a 35-yard run like they have in the last two weeks. Uh, you, you need to take care of the football and control the ball. And 
you know, that needs to change in my opinion. Will it? I don't know. Um, but I think it's a real issue and, you know, the Eagles have to figure it out because they can't fall behind 17 to seven against the 49ers and expect to come back again. Uh, it's just not sustainable. On the defensive side, uh, listen, I'm surprised the secondary isn't playing as well as it is. I mean, it's a veteran group now with Slay, Bradbury, Roby has settled in in the nickel, and, you know, Bayard has given them some help at safety. And Reed Blankenship, to me, is probably the best tackler on this team. I mean, he's just tremendous in space, bringing guys down. And you look past him, if he misses a tackle, somebody's going to score a long touchdown. So he's done a great job. Uh, so I'm surprised that they're they were 28th in pass defense coming in, and that's not going to get any better, right? After giving up 340 yards to Josh Allen, uh, something has to change there too. And and you know, again, th- these are questions that the coordinators are going to have to figure out because you, that's a real Achilles' heel is that pass defense. And you know, I know Brock Purdy. You know, say what you want about him. He's an efficient, effective quarterback because he has good weapons around him and he'll take advantage of that secondary if the Eagles let him. So whether that means increasing your pass rush and I know I think the Eagles tried to do a better job with kind of that mush rush to contain Josh Allen a little bit. So they just didn't pin their ears back and go. I think they'll do that with Purdy, but something needs to change in that pass defense. And I'm not sure what it what it is. Uh, I'll end it there at Kratz E. Make sure you follow Ed on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Ed uh, and I, uh, right there, and our stuff is real, not artificial intelligence, although <laughs> you might uh, blame us for that occasionally. Um, that pass rush, Ed. I forget the number. I think it was 92 snaps and Hassan Reddick and um, Josh Sweat are just playing massive amount of snaps. Derek Barnett didn't work out. By the way, he got claimed by the Houston Texans, so he'll try to restart his career there. Nolan Smith can't get on the field. I'm sorry to interrupt. Shaq Leonard didn't get claimed and Derek Barnett did. Okay. You talk about the N- the NFL's going to hell in a handbasket. Somebody's a lot gotta, of that was salary. Somebody's got to explain that. A lot of that was salary. Contract. Contract. contract was yeah. so easy. The Eagles yeah. made it easy, I think, to kind yeah. of get- nobody was picking up Shaq's contract. That's the reason right. he didn't get claimed on waivers. Um, but they haven't been able to find, really dating back to last season, when they tried to get Robert Quinn in here, and that didn't work out. They can't find that fourth rotational rusher, and all of a sudden you're relying on Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and even Brandon Graham to close games. They've done a tremendous job of it, obviously, by the record. Is that sustainable? Do they need to get Nolan Smith involved? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, But I think the snap counts, it was 95, I think, or a little bit skewed because it was almost 100. Yeah, it was snaps. overtime. They right. did. They they had a 13-play drive, I think, in overtime. So it was still over 80 in regulation. That's yeah, too many. Right. And and a reason for that, I mean, the, the Bills had the ball for 40 minutes. And again, it comes back to my point where you need to you need to run the ball more often early to to you know help your defense and, and take some of these snaps off the shoulders of sweat and 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 uh, Reddick. You would like to see Nolan Smith develop, but, you know, so far it's been kind of a slow process for him. I think he needs to get stronger for sure, and we'll see, you know, how that works out in the offseason. But as of now, I mean, they really don't have a whole lot of choices. 
Brandon Graham played, I think it was a season high, 26 snaps uh, against the Bills. So uh, I don't I think, think they're going back to Patrick Johnson or, or even Teron uh, uh, Jackson just to get some snaps then, just to take some of the wear and tear early in the game off Hassan Reddick. Obviously, you're not going to have those guys in, in high leverage situations, but maybe some in in the second quarter. Get a, yeah, you're right, you're right about those. Patrick Johnson. He's kind of the forgotten guy here. I mean, he hasn't – I mean, you know, uh, Jonathan Gannon loved Patrick Johnson. You know, he gave him reps. For some reason, he doesn't get them. Too. He's a very yeah. good specialties player. How about Reed Blankenship? 116 snaps. I mean – I know. You know, know, is that sustainable? And you're And uh, not a hair out of place. And I don't think he's sweating. The guy never sweats, man. I talked to him after training camp. 98 degree days, and that guy's you know, it looks like he just stepped out of the shower, clean, fresh, looked good, perfectly quaffed. Superpower, maybe the best tackler on the entire team. I think we all agree on that one. He's a good one. And last thing, just to make sure that you're not AI, I know it's not the same as how many traffic lights are in the picture, but how many fingers am I? I always, I I can never see how I'm gonna go with blue. Yeah, blue. Easy. I told you, he's a real yeah. guy. He's not a guy. <laughs> I, I never get that. that be I never get the caption. Questions right. I had speaking there, Jody. I don't know that. You know, I've had a few, probably right. undiagnosed. Just, uh, just, so yeah, yeah. I felt the need to check. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll get you up next week. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks. bud. Congrats from Sports Illustrated here with us on Birds Three Sixty. Yeah, uh, uh, Jody. Speaking of those captcha things, I'm always. I, I I always say, is that a light? Is that is that a curve? They they I'm try trick. It's not blatantly obvious. Yeah. They they make you actually prove that you are a human being with those. Sometimes they're a little debatable. I think I failed one or two over the years. Yeah, oh, I failed many. That's oh, what no. I'm saying. Usually I get most of them right, but every once in a while I go, wait a minute. Well, BS, a, no, I got this right. There's a traffic light in this one. <laughs> then I see the little one in the corner. All right, fine. Screw you. Uh, I'll go to a different website. Uh, he's McMullen on McDonald. Mac and Mac Birds 365. Appreciate it. Cratch. Scotty Grayson, Fox 29, coming up in less than 20 minutes. So keep it here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thanks to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We got Scott Grayson from Fox 29 going to join us about 15 minutes from now. All right, uh, John, first of all, let me thank the real zeal on the uh, stream who corrected my musical misstatement. I said uh, Living on an Edge, Living on the Edge by uh, Bon Jovi. I meant Living on a Prayer. By Bon Jovi. Living on an edge is Aerosmith. I should know that. I do know that. I'm an Aerosmith guy. So I misspoke. I didn't misspeak the group. I misspoke the line. I meant living on a prayer by Bon Jovi, which the Eagles have done a little bit of that over the last several weeks. Uh, but they're also living on edge. Feel free to use either one going forward. They, they both kind of fit where the Eagles have been uh, to this point. All right. Speaking of living on an edge, I got a question for you, Johnny Mack. The 49ers coming to town today, rivalry status. I asked you this when they were playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and your stance was, you know, Washington and New York are still bigger rivals of the Eagles right now. We all acknowledge Dallas numero uno, but then uh, who comes in afterwards? 49ers. 
would they too take their place behind the Giants and the Commanders in your rivalry rankings for the Philadelphia Eagles as of right now? No, the 49ers are right behind the Cowboys. Um, uh, really? Cowboys but you, would, you wouldn't on. give the Chiefs yeah. that kind of status? No. The Chiefs, like I said, the Chiefs, it, they're on conference. The Eagles might not see the Chiefs if everything's break for four years. They, 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 they don't see each other enough. To Now, if they play in the Super Bowl again, who knows? Uh, maybe it develops into that. Um, a lot of things have to go wrong here for that kind of stuff to happen. I think the last time it happened was Buffalo and Dallas. That's how long it was, I believe, uh, before you had back-to-back Super Bowls with the same teams. Doesn't happen. Too many things. Um, they just don't see each other. And rivalries are about familiarity. And the 49ers and the Eagles are good right now. And they kind of understand they're their biggest threat each versa and yet the fan part of it the fans think everybody is a rivalry let's be honest i mean they think everybody's obsessed with the eagles everybody isn't obsessed with the eagles the chiefs have their own rivals in in the afc i mentioned it but the 49ers and the eagles are setting up like the 49ers and the Cowboys back in the day um where they would always meet each other in the playoffs and they became rivals that that can happen on the same side in a conference, especially if you have a good run of four or five years where you're pretty clearly the best teams in the conference and you're always going to meet each other in the playoffs. I think that's where we are with the 49ers. Then you have the aspect of players like Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown were playfully going back and forth. Debo, I think, called Bradbury trash on some show in the offseason and AJ told uh, all Eagles fans to go troll them. Um, so you have that aspect of it. And the 49ers can't. The 49ers actually, there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. The 49ers think they would have won that game if Brock Purdy was healthy. And I say to every Eagles fan, I don't agree with that. I think the Eagles were going to win the game. However, they're not wrong with that. They should think they're going to win. I, what do you want them to go? Oh, we're not going to win the game. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Of course, they they have confidence in themselves if they have a quarterback they thought they were going to win the game. Um, but yeah, much bigger rivalry than Kansas City. Much bigger rivalry. Yeah. Um, and it the main aspect to me is the familiarity aspect. No question. Right, but they could also go three years without playing the 49ers. Uh, you're not going to happen, though. What do you mean? And, 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 and by the way, if that happens, it won't be a robbery. Uh, but it's set up. Right, so you're projecting, really and I asked you to project with Kansas City, and you dismissed that. I said there's a very good chance these two teams could play in the Super Bowl. Back-to-back Super Bowls, that's pretty big. So do we or don't we project forward well, to potential future meetings that aren't scheduled yet? Well, you can do more realistic projections. When did Buffalo and Dallas play back-to-back in the Super Bowls? What year? What years? Uh, um, that's what you're going. That's your odds. That's your, it happened. You can project it's going to happen. Say the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. The Chiefs are the best team in the What NFC. was the last time the same if two teams played belief. for the, the, the conference championship against each other? 
When's the last you time that, 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 that it it doesn't playoffs though happens? Playoffs doesn't have to be championship game. Could be divisional round. Uh, could be uh, something else. It's it's much more likely to happen in the same conference. It is tough arrival of a team outside conference in the NFL. It's it's almost impossible. Um, you could maybe go back seventies when you had a core group of really good teams that were, you know, always in the mix. At you know Pittsburgh and Oakland and Miami and the AFC. The NFC was Dallas and Min and the Rams. Am I uh, who am I? And it was the same group of teams every year because back then there was no free agency. We got roster together, and they were together for 10 years. And there were all these Hall of Fame players on these rosters, and they would see each other all the time. To me, if you don't see a team, really difficult to develop. And I'm not talking about the fan base. I'm talking a legitimate rival. Obviously, right now, Kansas City, because the Eagles lost City, and they put them again, is certainly a rivalry amongst Eagles fans think it's a rivalry. Not debating that. I'm saying to the, and I talked to enough players last week, they don't consider it a rivalry. They consider Dallas a rivalry. They consider Cisco a big rivalry. Not as much as Dallas. Now Washington and the Giants have fallen back because they stink. Right. That's why I would put Kansas City ahead of them. It's hard. And uh, it's what I'm putting more of an emphasis on than apparently you are. Kelsey versus Kelsey. There's no one on San Francisco who has a brother on the other team who are both potential Hall of Famers. And Shanahan is a phenomenal offensive coach. He didn't coach Philadelphia Eagles. Andy Reid did. There are some ancillary reasons that the Chiefs and the Eagles, to me, are in a rivalry. The fact that they played in the Super Bowl last year, Mano Mano Eagles have only played in the Super Bowl so many times, and Kansas City was one of them, and Kansas City beat them. At this time, 2023, I'm not talking about going forward, years to come. They only play Kansas City once in the next four years. In that week, because of the situation, I thought it was a rivalry game, and I stand by it. Uh, and the Eagles got the better of it. Well, so. in the week, everything's a rivalry game. And next week, uh, well, that's a bad example. But when they play Buffalo, it's a rivalry game. Now now the fans are all fired up because the, something happened on the sidelines with Shaq Lawson, and he's screaming at fans and vice versa. Buffalo became a rival for a very short period of time. Now everybody will recede into the background. Um you know, the Eagles played the, the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. They were never a rival. Uh, they were d- during the week, during the lead up, they were, but they weren't a legitimate rival. And you mentioned Travis Kelsey. That's a freaking love affair. He's doing Christmas albums and Christmas specials with the Eagles. I mean, they, they, him, and, him and Jason are thick as thieves, obviously. It's a, how, how, they love each other. What? what and all the Eagles love Travis Kelsey. And again, he's doing Christmas songs with, with Blaine Johnson and, and, and Jason Kelsey and Jordan Mylotta. 
I, I, I don't. When I think rivalry, do you think either I the think, Eagles went hey, soft on Jason on Travis Kelsey or Travis Kelsey went soft no, on the Eagles because they're competitive? Well, then, well, when yeah, I think that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the competitive nature of a game on Sunday when they're playing, not what they do during the offseason if they sing the songs together. Players are competitive every game. That means everybody's a rivalry. When I think rivalry, and I always say the two biggest rivalries in my sports lifetime. Um, are Yankees, Red Sox, and baseball, um, and Sixers, Celtics, and basketball. And and for the latter, I always picture Julius Erving strangling Larry Bird. That is a rivalry. The, those two teams hated each other. Those two teams operated trying to beat each other. When when the Sixers got Andrew Toney and he turned into the Boston Strangler, what did the Celtics do? They went out and traded for Dennis Johnson, maybe the best defensive player just specifically to stop Andrew Tony or 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 handle him as much as possible. That to me is a rivalry. So maybe I'm operating a different definition. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you my definition. There's got to be some again, it's been a long There's time to be some competitively. My greatest rival on the schoolyard, on the blacktop was my best friend. Because he was the best player of our age group that we played together on teams, went to separate high schools, but we we're in grade school. Man, did I want to beat him. Yeah. Was he my biggest rival? Yeah. Because acknowledging today, honestly, I was the second best player out of my group. He was the best. But I could get him on a given afternoon on the blacktop and get the better of him. And I played harder against him than I did anybody else. He's my best friend. I would have sung Christmas songs with him, but I didn't give a flying you-know-what when we were on the floor. I wanted to beat his ass. So just being friendly, if anything, I think that raises the rivalry when you're actually out there on the field uh, uh, competing. I, I'd like uh, Well, yeah, we have different definitions. I'll take Dr. J. Strang, Larry Bird. I, I, I didn't enjoy magic. Isaiah right, but do you know what Dr. J.'s relationship was rivalry. with Larry Bird? If you're going to use that as an example, you just said, Kelsey loves all the Eagles. All the Eagles love Travis. They sing songs with my Christmas stuff. Do you know what Doc and Larry Bird's relationship was off the floor? I, just, I, I know over the years, I covered the six uh, for a long time. A tremendous respect. How could you not? But in 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 the, the competition aspect, I'm not saying – murdered each other off the court. They didn't like each other uh, on court. Larry was one of the biggest trash talkers of all time. He was, um, by the way, for younger fans, look, he is one of the best uh, uh, basketball players of all time. But, um, yeah, they didn't like each other. They didn't like each other uh, on the court, off the court. They weren't kissed. At, at midcourt before the NBA finals. Well, they couldn't play in the finals, but before the Eastern Conference finals. Um, yeah, they didn't like each other. And that, to me, defines rivalries. Um, the Eagles and Cowboys is a legitimate rivalry. And by the way, modern sports is not, you don't see as much as that. I, that true anger towards each, but there's still some. I always bring up Baltimore has always been very hard-hitting, physical. They like each other, robbery. Uh, and there's definitely let, fewer. Let's take a but, quick time out. Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, 
Jen's uh, voice is going in and out here on the computer. So we'll take a quick time out, come back. Hopefully, Scott Grayson from Fox 29 is ready to go. Hopefully, we get John's connections tightened up. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got John McMahon, Jody McDonald, and we are Bird 365, and there he is in a leisurely over, uh, not a T-shirt. We're going to call that a mock turtle. What are you wearing right now, Scott Grace? It's just uh, just a nice, easy, uh, I, I like your leisure long sleeve shirt here. We we pimp uh, Mike Gill. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, it's yeah. kind of old. he wears goofy T-shirts every week. He wears Ivy Ivy League T-shirts, like he went to the Ivy League. So we <laughs> like giving him a hard time. So we will give you a hard time too. All uh, good. 
Thank, thank you for leisurely dressing up for us today. Um, <laughs> uh, let me run this by you. I misspoke earlier. I conflated Aerosmith with uh, Bon Jovi and living on an edge, living on a prayer. Yeah. I got mixed up. The Eagles are living on both an edge and a prayer with the way they're winning games this week. How long can they continue to do it this way? I, I'm beyond trying to put a, a time limit on it because, frankly, logic says it should never have been able to go this long. I mean, this is crazy how they've been, as you said, living on a prayer. I mean, uh, you flirt with danger frequently. Like, it's almost fun to you. And you come out of this every time with a win. Um, I mean, it's just it, – it's baffling. I, I mean, when you stop and really think about what you're watching here this season, you know, and it's hard because – we're all, you know, having these near heart attacks, uh, watching these games go on, um, you know, ready to throw stuff at your TV after the first half and then just totally mind blown when it comes back and they win. It's crazy when you see it happening. But if you really stop and look back and, and say to yourself, like, what are we watching? Like, it's crazy. But in the heat of it, like you get off of that and you go, whoa, here it is. It's Niner week. Like, here we go. They're all out there whining. They've been whining. This is what they've been wanting. This is what they've been waiting for. I can't wait to hear all the trash talk this week. It's already started a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's like you don't have time to stop and reflect on what you've seen. Yet what we've seen is just, I, I mean, there's no other word for it. Amazing, um, you know, historic. It's not supposed to happen like this. No, it's not, Scott. And apologies to you um, and the listeners. It's blurring at my house, so evidently that's destroying my internet connection. So, uh, but uh, fifty-nine yards when Jake Elliott uh, lines up for that kick in that kind of weather. What was the thought from Scott Grayson? My thought was uh, Jason Kelsey will not forgive himself if he misses this because Good those point. two penalties were were huge and uh, that's what i thought of um you know a, again you say it's not supposed to, you're not supposed to make a 59 yard kick on a wet field in wind no. and, and with rain falling um i don't know how you know you know he's got to keep the ball low i don't know how the bills didn't have somebody um able to try and do what jalen carter did earlier in the game on a shorter distance kick just really try to time your jump and get a hand up there just to even get a finger on it um, you know, and, and, and that ball is just, it's tailing, right? It's tailing and it goes in on the corner of the uprights. It's just, it's like somebody's writing a, a Hollywood movie in front of our eyes, the way this all goes down. And so my thought, John was, I just don't see how he makes this. And my first thought was about Jason Kelsey, cause he will take it on his, on his chest. He will blame himself yeah. uh, for those penalties. And, uh, and he you know, should, by the way. It's yeah. it's it's a footnote now, but that those were two big mistakes. And Jason did take accountability. He admitted. Yeah, he always um, does. Always does. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, uh, but to Jody's point, um, it, it, and to your point, this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And it, we saw it to a lesser degree with the New York Giants last year, Minnesota. They had sort of special seasons, but you knew they were winning quirky ways. You knew it couldn't continue. Now the Eagles have more talent than both of those teams. So I think they're better equipped to, to get this thing right. But bottom line, if they played like they did in Kansas city and they play like they did against Buffalo, they're not beating San Francisco. Is that fair to say? 
Well, I, I would normally say it's fair to say, but given the circumstances of what we've seen, I I would like to say, yeah, they're not going to beat San Francisco. Um, you're not with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. The you know you can run down the list. They have a roster just about as good as the Eagles do. Yeah. So you 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 know you you can't do that. You can't play like that. You can't come out and be down ten at the half for the third straight week and think you're going to overcome it. Now. What they've developed, and this you have to admire, and you do want to see this out of a championship caliber team, is the ability to never feel like they're out of a game. No matter how ugly or bad we feel it looks or is, or, uh, you know, they're never out of the game and they don't believe they are. They're going to do whatever they can to keep up with it um, and, and get back in it. But no, but this is, this is the kind of game where you come out and you have to, you know, let them know and remember what it was like here in the NFC championship game. I cannot see how you come out flat in this game or slow or turn the ball over just can't happen. Uh, and, and you're right. I think John, like I, I do have to agree with you. I mean, history says maybe not, but they can't play like they have the last two weeks and expect to win this game. Now, that being said, you beat the bills without Lane Johnson and Dallas Goddard. Um, I mean, two big losses on that offensive line, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you have been shorthanded, but, um, nobody's using that as an excuse. They're winning anyway. Uh, it'd be nice to get one or if both of those guys back this week um, for sure. And, you know, I, I think about what they did. I mean, frankly, winning that game against the Bills took pressure off the Eagles and it put more pressure on the Niners coming in here. You can lose this game and still control your own destiny for the number one seed with five weeks left. And that is, to me, the significance of winning that game on Sunday. All right, Scotty, I want to combine a couple of things that you just said there. Number one, you said it's important that the Eagles come out and establish the fact that this is Eagles Niners at the link. It just happened 11 months ago. We know how it played out there. Um, So you want to see the Eagles get off to a good start because it's been an issue over these last couple of weeks. Would you consider which of the two sides of the ball would you say played better for the Eagles this year, offense or defense? Huh. Wow, that is a that is a great question, Jody. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like I'd have to say the defense because lately the defense has been the, the really? ones that have kind of they've won the games for them when the offense didn't get a first down the entire fourth quarter, and they ultimately ended up uh, beating Dallas that way. The defense made a play when they had to. The defense, you know, I mean, it. You saw my hesitation, though. Like, I, yeah. I don't well, I think, you, I think I, I, now correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but I think people grade on a curve. On a curve, that's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. If you're I mean, grading on the curve of expectations, better. then yeah, I think you can yeah. take the defense over the offense. If you're just yeah. looking at them at two separate, well, the Eagles' offense is better than the Eagles' defense. Yeah, what, what bothers yeah. me about the offense, though, Jody, is is I mean, I feel like it could be a lot better. I, I yeah. feel like it could run a yeah. lot more consistently. I feel like they they start getting something going with DeAndre Swift in the running game, and then we don't see it for a while. I, I and then you know the I, I just get aggravated with some of these three and outs and the failure to get a first down when you really need one. I mean, um, it's, right, so if if the Eagle offense could be better, who needs to pick it up? The play caller, the head coach, the quarterback, an individual play, the offensive line. If you think they're underachieving and could be better and more consistent, who are you pointing the finger of blaming? I want to blame Brian Johnson, but what, yeah. I, don't, what I don't know is how many times is Jalen changing the, the play at the line of scrimmage? 
every now and then you'll hear Nick drop a little Easter egg for you where it makes it sound like he's involved in in some of the play calling. So, I mean, there are there are times they they make the right call at the right time. I mean, listen, hats off on the whole the 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 run. I mean, we see G, Jalen do the run up the middle. How many times and it gets stopped for nothing? He made the call at the right time. They score the touchdown, walk it off. Uh, yeah, that was a great play call. Great, yeah, absolutely. Play the third down um, and 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 long. You 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 really needed a first down in that possession. You kind of you know farted around for two downs, and then you throw a screen out to the side that's poorly blocked and has no chance of any success in moving the chains. It didn't even gain a yard, and we're punting. You know, it's like sometimes I don't. I just don't understand the philosophy, I guess. Uh, and it, it drives me insane because I think these games, yeah. everybody, you know, we've all talked about, <laughs> they haven't played a good game, uh, a four quarter game, or even like really a three quarter game yet for the most part. And if they did, the fourth quarter would be a whole lot easier on the rest of us. So I, I just look at this offense and I think they're leaving points on the board out there. So am I, I'm more frustrated with the offense than I am with the defense, I guess, too, I, is a better yeah. way to put it. One quick note, then John, jump in here with a question. Uh, you guys might not have noticed this because you were at the stadium. On that play that you just described, the bubble screen that went backwards on third and long, Fox went to a cutaway a cut of an Eagle fan. And you knew he's an Eagle fan because he's all in green. And you could read his lips. He had like his hand up, both of his hands up going like this. And you read, what the fuck? Yeah. He looked right into the camera after they ran the bubble screen. Yeah. And I think you could you couldn't hear it because it was a guy sitting in the crowd, but you could read his lips as clear as day that that's what he said. So Scotty Grayson, you were not alone on yeah. that one. Yeah. A lot of Eagle fans were going, What what is that? Well, I don't wish last night's game on anybody, but if you were watching last night's game, yeah. you see how many bubble screens I it's just a part of the NFL. The Eagles aren't the only team. Everybody gets a staple of every offense. Jody knows I can't stand it. Um, but I will say this about Brian Johnson. There's this incredible disconnect, Scott. I mean, this guy is like he is top of the top of the hiring cycle. I, I He's going to get today. multiple, multiple interviews. You know, Frank Wright got fired, which is a dumb David Tepper move. You see the betting markets. He's at the top in Carolina. They wanted to hire him as the offensive coordinator last off season. Adam Schefter came out. So now it's real said, Brian Johnson's going to get a bunch of interviews. Um, he is. It, there is this incredible, and I get people in my mentions every day, fire Brian Johnson. It, it is unbelievable to me. The expectations. Are they unrealistic? This is a good offense. That is a great play call. By the way, if if you have Nick's transcript, because uh, I asked him about the walk-off, and he got giddy talking about it. Um, and he went into one of his dissertations about that particular play. It was so well run, so well designed. Um, and that's when you're talking about Scott uh, Jalen Hurts. Basically, he's got an option on every play to kill from run to pass or kill from pass to run. So the first option there is DeAndre Swift on the bubble screen. And then when he sees everybody moving towards the motion, he kills it to the opposite end. Everybody's on the same page. Kelsey's got a kickout block. Jordan Mailata's got a seal block. It's like the Red Sea parting, touchdown walk-off. Why don't Brian? Johnson, Nick Seriati get credit for that. That is a big time play, play design 
play call, both. I agree with you, and and you you're right. There's a lot of things that had to happen there, and that's where it helps to have such great talent, Hall of Famer, and Jason Kelly. His block on that play was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, just totally. So was Jordan's, know. by the way. Look at yeah. Jordan Mylotta's seal block. I yeah. mean, they made it so Jalen didn't even really have to run that hard to get in. It was, it was like you said, a Red Sea. Yeah, he deserves credit for getting that. Now, and and I'm I'm not I'm not on the whole fire Brian Johnson. Like I'm not there. Like this is his first year. Like you got to let the guy grow a little bit. You know, there's got to be. He's not going to be here next year if they keep this up. He's not going to no. be here next year. But but my question to you is, is he that good, or? Did this offense and the talent here and Jalen Hurts make Brian Johnson uh, a big candidate for these jobs? Uh, part, yeah. Well, and I I always tell Jody this as well. The, uh, the most honest thing Nick has ever said to me is, show me a good coach, I'll show you a bunch of good players. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, Frank Reich isn't a bad coach now. Um, Bill Belichick isn't a bad coach. Mm-hmm. If you don't have players you're, you're going to struggle. Um, and the Eagles have a lot of players. That's always number one to have really good players. And we're going to see it this week. Cause you might see the two best rosters in the NFL, Philadelphia right. uh, and San Francisco. Um, they have two good coaches, but we've seen Nick Sirianni struggle in his career. We've seen Kyle Shanahan struggle in his career. You need good players. We can all agree with that. Right. Yeah, for sure. But um, the touchdown to Zacchaeus, Brian Johnson had nothing to do with that. Oh, no. that, that that's that, all that's off schedule. Yeah. yeah, that's all off schedule. And by the well, way, how, how does Buffalo allow that to happen? That's right. another thing. So, But are you going to blame Sean McDermott for that? I'm sure he's not telling his guys, hey, don't pay attention to Zacchaeus in the end zone. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of works both ways. Like right. Sean's Sean's getting killed for that. Same thing, schoolyard play. You know, yeah, it works both ways in that sort of category, I would say. One last point on Brian Johnson. Um, John, you can do some research on this. You're a reporter. I'm not. Um, a team losing three coordinators in a two-year period. And, oh, by the way, the most they're going to walk away with is one Super Bowl win, not two. They lost the Super Bowl last year. I bet you that's never happened before. I actually think the fact that the Eagles may win more games than Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon combined in their new team's first years might actually hurt Brian Johnson. I think he may pay a price because teams go, yeah, it works in Philadelphia, but it doesn't necessarily work anywhere else. So uh, do we really want to hire Brian Johnson? Yeah, I, I, John is much more uh, pro Johnson getting a gig next year. I, I don't think it's going to happen for, but we'll see. Um, put the Eagle blinders on here, okay? I don't want you to consider anything else other than the Philadelphia look at this. Yesterday, Hassan Reddick said, uh, line this blank up and let's play again. Prove it again. Uh, A.J. Brown said, it's officially Troll Debo Samuel week. You have my permission. <laughs> It's not even BG. BG, we expect this, but other Eagles do a little trash talk leading up to the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, AJ and Debo love each other. That's so <laughs> playful. They love each other. Okay. Uh, yeah. You so, know that. Not everybody knows that. Not everyone who reads yeah. that uh, social media post is going to go, the boys. They're bo-. 
I think most people know it about Jalen and AJ. I don't know that I didn't know it until you just said it, John, that Debo and, and AJ Brown are, are, are tight. Um, so there was some trash talking going on there. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for the Eagles this week? Uh, there's a line, right? There's an invisible line somewhere. And I think you just got to make sure you don't cross it. And this team has done a great job of not crossing that line and putting bulletin board material up there. And I'll give you an example of what happened, uh, I don't know, a month ago to the Phillies. You know, don't be Garrett Stubbs. Love Garrett Stubbs. But don't be Garrett Stubbs and start talking about how you're going to celebrate in the pool, right? You start making it personal that way. So far, I love A.J. Brown's approach. Listen, I don't need to trash talk you. I got a whole city that will be more than happy to do it for me. And so I love that. Uh, You know, I love Hassan Reddick basically saying, like, I'm ready to play right now. Let's go. Let's find a parking lot. We can do it there. Old school style. Let's go. I'm fine with that. But somewhere there's a line that you don't want to go overboard, whether you're threatening to injure the quarterback again or – you know, something like that, I think, would be where you go too far. And I think you just got to – you got to limit it. You got to tone it down. Again, as I said, you're the king of the hill. You're on the top of the mountain. And even if you lose this game, you're still going to be on the top of the mountain. So, so, let, so let me let me, let me me now focus the question for you because it's a great point you make, and I want to take something that John said earlier and see if it fits in. Last year after the game – a bunch of 49ers, Devo Samuel being number one, but a bunch of others and media members of San Francisco. We would have won the game if Brock Purdy hadn't gotten hurt. You know what pisses me off about that, by the way, Jody? Media members saying we should have won the game. Yeah. That oh, yeah. There, there, was, there was plenty of that. They're not plenty of that. Members. Right. No. They're not getting paid. They're not on the team. They're not on the roster. But that's exactly the way they said it. Is that over the line? Yeah, I think so, because you have no way of knowing yeah, that. Same John, thing. John said earlier, it's expected. Players same thing as if, and way. you see you see the way a class organization handles something, like the Eagles losing in the Super Bowl. They could have said, hey, if if we had played on uh, turf instead of grass that was all wet, we would have won. You don't know that. You don't know that you would have won if Brock Purdy stayed in the game uh, and wasn't hurt. You don't know that. Um, uh, to me, I think that's that's – that is the definition of whining. And the Eagles did not do that about the turf, uh, really. They did not do that about the holding call. James Bradbury came right out and said, I held him. You know, uh, you saw ownership and a class organization that was able to say, we messed up. The Niners don't, they, they never said that, uh, you know, or took ownership that the Eagles were the better team that day. They were. That's the line you say. They were the better team that day, and I really hope we get a chance to play them again because I think it'll end a different way. That's a different statement, isn't it? Right. It and to me, here's, here's what I said. I keep interrupting. I apologize to both no. you and John. Um, <clears throat> here, all I would have done was, Vanna, can I buy a different consonant? If you had said, we could have won the game, then that's acceptable. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. That's having confidence in your team. When you yeah. make it a W instead of a C and go, we would have won the game, then you've overstepped your boundaries. I completely agree. And I and and what we've seen in the offseason, right, it didn't stop. It continued throughout the offseason, even into the summer. And they knew they were on the schedule. And then it continued again, even into training camp out in San Francisco. And now it's here. And they can't wait. And they're running their mouths the same way. They're still whining, right, in my opinion. And, and, and I just think – I just think you are doing nothing more than firing up this team and this city where you have to now come again. And 
you're setting yourselves up for, you know, I think, you know, the Eagles will be more ready than ever to step on the field against these guys and punch them in the face. Uh, I mean, the son Reddick case in point, but you're right. There's a right way to handle it and a professional way to, and you're all professionals at this point. Somebody needs to talk to Shaq Lawson about that for the bills. Um, there's a right way to handle things in a wrong way. And, and to me, I feel like, and I, this is where I give Nick Sirianni credit. He does a good job of keeping these guys kind of in the guardrails to not do that. Is Nick the one doing that? Because Nick uh, yeah, likes yeah, to spike the yeah, football. Nick, Nick keeps his players yeah. in the put in yeah. the guardrails, but Nick gets outside Nick, and over Nick the guardrails the the other too often. During yeah. the week, Nick stays within the guardrails. No. He does a good job of, of and he's he always, waits until yeah, he waits. Yeah, he waits till the till the emotion till can't the he can't yeah. contain it, right? And and we all, you know, that was well here here's what I said. I have no problem with a with an athlete who says, you know, I expect to win a game. I mean, they should. I don't want a guy who doesn't expect to win the game, but I think there's a better way to handle when you do lose and you say, uh, maybe. It would have been nice if our starting quarterback was played, and, and that that that, and we'll see what would have happened. Instead of we would have won, mm-hmm. um, so I agree with that. But I never have a problem with it. Like I, I expect, I I expect the disastrous New York Giants to come in at the end of the season and say we're going to win this game. Um, they might not believe it, but I want an athlete to believe it. Um, so I never have a problem. With with that I, kind I, of thing, January, no, no, but there's I, a difference I, before and after, right? Coming you, into the game, you always think you're going to win, and then the game is played, and you go, "Yeah, we would have won." No, well, I but that I truly believe, uh, uh, Debo Samuel thinks they would have won that game. I like that mentality from my players. I truly believe he believes that uh, he's a, a really good player, really competitive player. Really, I mean, why wouldn't he believe that? Is is kind of my question. I'm okay with that. The problem is when you take that public and when you start making that more of an issue uh, of to say you're putting down, the, you're not respecting the opponent that beat you, which to me, I think that's one of the things that's great in sports, hockey handshakes after a game seven in the playoffs, what have you, the respect for the opponent after the game is over. There was none of that. And that is where, you know, in the locker room, before the media comes in, what have you, they could say what they want. They could say we would have won that game. In fact, I agree with you. I would hope they were. All right. So I, I'd publicly, like your thought process. You that quiet. Uh, so settle an argument between Jody and I, Scott. Okay. You'll be the judge. We're, yes. we're going to put on, put a, you got a gavel in the bookcase <laughs> on the back? I should um, with, the, with the four kids running yeah. around so I can beat them with it. <laughs> um, Jody and I have had a discussion about rivalries. I think the San Francisco 49ers are a bigger rival than the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Part of that is the angst. As you mentioned, they don't like each other, and they're talking crap. And Kansas City's like, oh, when are we going out with Travis? And can we get Taylor Swift tickets? I don't see a right plus the familiarity. They don't see the chiefs that often. They happen to play them in the super bowl and they played them in the regular season. They might not see him for four years now, potentially. So it's tough to develop that rivalry. Where are you in that camp? I think they don't like each other. The 49ers and Eagles. Uh, I, I agree. Although I think the angst comes more from San Francisco than it does Philly. Um, but I, I think 
I think that, yeah, I would say the Niners over the, the Chiefs right now. Um, right now. And, and, you know, just because you know, like, can we all agree, like, there would be a 90-plus percent chance that these two teams are going to play again two months from today in the NFC Championship game. Like, can we agree on that? Like, no, this no, is like go 90, but yeah, north of 50. Okay. They look like it's the two the best It's the most teams. likely matchup yeah. in the NFC yeah. Championship game is San Francisco-Philadelphia again. Yeah, Right, so you are you are almost guaranteed to play these guys again in two months. And therefore, in the third time now in, in one year, for extremely high stakes, the number one seed, the chance to go to the Super Bowl, the chance to do it again. Uh, I mean, what more would fuel a rivalry than that for present day? Um, you know, I think I think time has to develop a rivalry, so I don't know I would put either one of these quite there yet with that strong of a word. I love the historic part that builds a rivalry, like the Cowboys. Well, yeah, the Cowboys are the right. They're by far number one. Right. I think we right all agree now, with that. right now, I would say, yeah. Like, I just think this week's going to fly by because everybody's excited for this. The fans, you know, I'm thinking from a fan perspective, would you consider this a rivalry? I think right now you consider this a very heated matchup, and and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think it's going to be fun to watch right now. It could very well be very agonizing to watch, like the Buffalo game was. But you know, this is this to me is what makes the NFL what it is. This this is a, an amazing opportunity to see two of potentially, as you said, John, two of potentially the best rosters in the NFL. Just put the ball down, Hassan Reddick. Be happy to do it outside in the parking lot, and like, let's go. You know, I, I, that I love. You Man. know uh, what could ratchet up the rivalry this week? Um, now, remember, John knows this. You might not, Scott. Sunday morning on WIP, I was hosting a show leading into the Eagles' uh, three-hour pregame show. And I suggested that the Eagle crowd should start an MVP chant for Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. that he had moved into the lead, that he was now the leader in the clubhouse. Oh, by the way, he counted for five touchdowns the other day and increased his lead as the MVP. And I thought they should have started an MVP chant last week. And I will suggest again, they should do it this week if merited. And and it was, uh, I pat myself on the back here. I said, if any of these three plays come up, a tush push touchdown, it did. A long pass into the end zone with a great catch, it did. He runs it in himself, not tush push, a running touchdown. He did to win the game. So I said, any of those three happened, all three of them happened, you got to break out the MVP chant. And Chris Franklin told me yesterday, he actually did hear it at the stadium. It wasn't, it didn't take over the stadium, but he did hear the MVP chant. That being said, if Brock Birdie comes in and outplays Jalen Hurts, he's going to get back into the MVP consideration. Jalen's in the lead. Mahomes and Lamar thereafter. And then Dak and Purdy. If Purdy comes in and the 49ers win the game and he outplays Jalen Hurts, oh, that's going to ratchet the rivalry between the 49ers and Eagles through the roof. I, I would agree with that. I, uh, I mean, even before last weekend, you're right. I think Jalen was kind of the favorite. Uh, after this weekend, he is the clear front runner for the award. Um, you know, look – I agree with you that that Purdy and I'm fighting the voice here that Purdy could could have an outstanding game and potentially potentially 
uh, supersede Jalen there. I really I don't wouldn't think even go would. supersede. I'd just go close the gap. Get close, unless, yeah. Unless Purdy goes for seven touchdowns. I, yeah. I don't think he's jumping Jalen. You know, he could make it an argument again. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet by our good buddy Jeff Kerr here uh, uh, over the week in the last couple of days that, that Jalen Hurts has won eight straight games when trailing by 10 or more points. Yeah. No other quarterback in NFL history has has had got more than four straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rare air this guy is living in. I, I he's feel got fourteen like he's, in a row against winning teams. Which I is feel like he's won the MVP award unless he absolutely bombs the last six weeks here, which uh, there's no way that happens. Or if he gets hurt in the next couple. At this point, unlike last year, if they get the number one seed and he misses maybe two, three games at the end he might very well still win the award. I think he's created that much room um, uh, uh, for that. And and you know what I love about this guy? I mean, this guy is amazing to watch. John, you see it up close. Um, the, the, the the personality, the mannerisms, the he doesn't care. He, he truly doesn't care if he gets an MVP. Uh, that does not mean anything to him. And, and it's, you know, it's just amazing when you see what this guy is doing here. And he's only 25. He's only 25. And we're talking I, about I, I, I worry about Jalen sometimes. He seemed conflicted um after the game against Buffalo because it they didn't play well. And he's like it, it, it was one of the rare times he kind of you know went off uh in public about you know what he was thinking and he was basically saying um he had a couple of weeks earlier said when did winning not become the standard when people were complaining about style points. And this time he went the exact opposite. He's like, yeah, we won, but uh, you know, we're not playing well. And I want to play the standard, his standard. Um, he seems to be, he reminds me of Eagles fans. Maybe they love him because I say all the time. And you said it at the start of this interview, Scott. This isn't normal. Don't get used to this. It will end. That 10 and one consecutive years. Nick Sirianni's the third coach to do that. The other two are Don Shula and Tony Dungy. That's it. Bort, you just mentioned uh, uh, eight wins uh, uh, coming back from 10 points. Uh, 14 and 0 against winning teams, most since 1950. This stuff doesn't happen in this league. Enjoy the run. And now I'm starting to wonder is Jalen Hurts enjoying the run? Well, because they're. It's, it's one of the things that I love about him, though, John, is that, you know, listen, he says he's not playing to his standard. He will never play to whatever that standard is. He said it so high. There's no way yeah. he ever. Oh, it's perfection. Game. That's the standard. Yeah, he's never, <laughs> right. he's never going to reach the standard, but, but he seems. But what I love, like John, him. is, you know, you described him and what he said. You also had Brandon Graham come out after the game, and it's like, He's broken the record for most games played in Eagle uniform. And he's like totally in the moment, like an Eagles fan, like, wow, that was wild. That was crazy. That was awesome to be a part of, you know, I I think it would be, I think it would be nice just to see Jalen be a human and, and, and acknowledge like, wow, that was some serious, you know, whatever there, that, that was just wild. And, uh, glad we won. Not happy with how we played. Wish we played a little yeah. better, so it wasn't that close. But you know, he, he's always that that steady. You know, and you see his reaction when Jake nails the fifty-nine yard field goal. You wouldn't yeah, even he, know that he, the kick happened. Yeah, I don't. Think I mean, it's unbelievable. Was, I think Jalen was with the rest of us. I I don't think he <laughs> thought that was going in. 
That yeah. that was an incredible. That, that, there's pick. a question you guys can yeah. put to Jalen when you next get in front of him. All right, Scotty, let's wrap on this note, Scott. Uh, let me just double check. You're taking two and a half points with the Eagles this week, right? Because the Eagles are an underdog in their uh, own house against the team that they beat. Yesterday, I was talking about this with John. I use a website called VegasInsider.com, and they list about nine different outlets that you can bet with. Um, and they have, uh, and they vary from outlet to outlet. Some a half point here, a half point there. The Eagles were a favorite yesterday. The first opening of the line after the Eagles game, they made 49ers a favorite. Then it quickly flipped to the Eagles. It is now flipped across the board to San Francisco being favored by two and a half points. Two and a half? Wow. Two and a half. 49ers across the board. I can punch it up for you real fast and run down all the websites that offer a draft. Game, blah, blah, blah. Two and a half points across the board. 49ers favored over the Eagles. You're taking the two and a half points, right? Uh, how do you how do you not how do you not take two and a half points with this team at home, uh, with its fans behind them? We're not talking about a one o'clock kick. It's later in the day, so they've got all the time to get all juiced up. Um, and they will get juiced up. They will. I, I you know, it's but Jody, to your point, it, it's you know some people who are, who who are heavy betters that I've talked to that understand this thing a lot more than I do it rarely goes through zero, right? And you laid out where it went through zero. Well, what does Vegas know that it went through zero like that? And I understand how people bet is what affects it. But what do these people know or think is going to happen with San Francisco coming in here that it's not even like it's a half point or a pick them. Even that would be a little bit like, huh, okay. Because you get three points for home field. So they're saying that on a neutral field, the Niners would win by five and a half points? Well, no, uh, the Niners... You know, if, if the Eagles are getting three for for home, for home right. field. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Five and a half, yeah. So on a neutral field, they think yeah. the 49ers are five and a half points better than the Eagles. Right. I, yeah. I, hey. Really? The, right. The, really? Like, what What am I missing here? I know, like, we don't know yet Lane Johnson's status or Dallas Goddard's. I'd be a little surprised if Dallas played, although I, I, I sounds like he's really gearing up to try. Um, yeah, I would expect Lane Johnson in there this week. So what are you looking at and pointing your finger at to say that the Eagles are a clear t- – there's no uh, – to me, it, it's baffling. But it's one of those, that, like, before you push bet, you're like – That's why that's why Debo's so confident, man. Right. At, well. Yeah. At S. Grayson, Fox 29, our favorite uh, sports anchor in town, Scott Grayson. Oh, you're too uh, Does a tremendous job, uh, not only with us, but over there at Fox 29 with Breland and company. Um, thank you very much, Scott. I will see you at the the big San Francisco 49er game, hopefully. <laughs> big one, yeah. Can't wait. I can't wait, man. That atmosphere is going to be great. Do your job, Eagle yeah. fans. Let's go. MVP. Yeah, MVP. I'm just saying. Scotty, good stuff. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Right. Scott appreciate Grayson, you guys. Sports director, Fox 29, here with us on Birds 365. All right, got to come back. Final break. You know what we'll do. We'll put a bow on the show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, Magamac Guides here. We only got a couple seconds left, uh, and you got Bill coming up with the Power Hour right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. If you want to be kind, we had a bunch of people streaming in tonight. Thank you very much for doing so. Uh, if you like Xander Krause, hit the like button on the way out. He tells us to do it. I don't say it often enough. So do me a favor. Get me out of trouble with Xander by hitting the like button. Please share and subscribe, uh, Birds365. All right. I'm giving Vegas Insider too much credit today, but it is a site I do go to all the time. Not only do they have eight different outlets that they use that are up the current, uh, what the number is on the games, they also have one page where they show you what it opened at. And it did. It opened at the Eagles, minus two and a half. And it's now the 49ers, two and a half. That doesn't happen. John, it doesn't move five points. It's moved five points. In less than 48 hours. That just doesn't happen. It scares me. That scares me a little bit that you're getting that big a movement on this game. I think it'll be decided on the field. Stop points, baby. 
You think that's what Style it is? Style points. The Steve Niners have been, yeah, the Niners have been killing people, killing people since Trent Williams and Debo have gotten back. So that's what it's about. Um, we'll see if it holds up. The 49ers are a very good team. Uh, be forewarned. They are a very good team. Uh, and if they have the starting quarterback, it is going to make a difference. It isn't going to be a blow like it was in the championship game. It is going to be the toughest matchup of the year. This is the best team the Eagles have faced. Yes, I said they're better than Kansas City. Uh, they are more well-rounded. They are deeper. Um, it is a very, very good team. Um, so that's part of it. But style point, I would say, go to Vegas Insider, go anywhere, but make sure you bet at the Ocean Casino, the, the sports book, gallery sports book and bar. Uh, just, you know, get your odds anywhere, but go bet there. <laughs> get them. Good job, Johnny. Since we have the ocean over the back of our shoulders, that's where we go. All right, uh, you and me tomorrow. We good? We got Gil in early. Wonder what T-shirt he's going to have on. Scotty Grayson went with the kind of long sleeve T-shirt. We got to find out which. I believe. Is it's there getting a, cold, I man. Snow. Yeah, snow. Yeah, but already. I, 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 first I got snow. a golf shirt on today. We're inside. And Gil I got, I got short sleeve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's only called that when you got to take the dog out. It's perfectly fine here on Birds 365. All right, we're way over time. Thank you very much for streaming in. Hit the like button on the way out. Bill Calarulo with the Power Hour up next here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.